Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Farouk. I'm here with my co-host, Nick Skalski. And today, we have the CEO, yes, the CEO of Connect and Sell. They created, if you didn't know, the 27-second breakthrough script that many of us use. Nick, why should people listen? Well, I thought I knew how to use the phone as a great tool to set meetings. And then Chris blew my mind with a ton of other strategies. One of my big takeaways here was how to avoid certain death on a cold call by getting categorized. Stick around, folks. 27, 26, 25. Roll the tape. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. This actionable competitive tactic from Clue is the trap question. Steer discovery toward the winning zone. If we're competing with a podcast that has no newsletter or webinar series, we might ask a trap question like, how do you figure out if those podcast listeners are making their way to your mailing list? And when you're in a head-to-head, there's no better way to prepare for your next competitive battle than with our trap questions and battle card templates from our friends at Clue. The link's in the show notes. Your Zoom Info actionable insight tactic is called Jane's Moving Up. Why? Because that's the email subject line you'll use when you get a real-time notice that your prospect Jane just got promoted. From there in the email, explain how Zoom Info helps rising sales leaders win their first 90 days on the job by highlighting coaching opportunities or supporting a team-wide prospecting push. And you can try out this trigger-based email template for prospect promotion and four other scenarios inspired by Zoom Info's go-to-market plays. Link in the show notes. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Super Cadence by Influ2, which helps cut through the noise of oversaturated prospecting channels. If you want to get your prospect's attention, you got to do stuff a robot would never do. One of my favorite plays is getting warm introductions to the accounts that I'm targeting via salespeople who work at that account. Salespeople help salespeople. Another approach could be using Super Cadence to run SDR ads to put a face to the name. Now, we worked with Influ2 to put together a special toolkit on ways to humanize your outreach, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. All right, Chris, welcome to the show. We start every single episode with your top three actionable takeaways. Let's get your three. Yeah, well, number one is talk to everybody on your list. Don't prejudge anybody before you talk to them. The only thing that reveals the truth in sales is conversations. 
And if you don't have a conversation with somebody and you think you know something about them, you are merely being arrogant. Unfortunately, you're also being stupid because your number one problem is not selling to somebody. Your number one problem is not talking to somebody and then not selling to them. It's simply not selling to them. So the best opportunities will slip by if you fail to talk to everybody on your list. Number two is actually a don't. Don't do pre-call research before a cold call. It will kill you. Pre-call research wastes time and it puts you in the wrong frame of mind. You need to be taking that person on a psychological journey, primarily made of emotions, taking them from where they start, which is their fear of you, believe it or not, not your fear of them, their fear of you. And you need to take them through trust, through curiosity, through commitment, and to the action of taking a meeting. And number three is don't sell anything but the meeting in a cold call or a follow-up call. Until you've had the first meeting, don't ever sell anything but the meeting. And you need to know to do that, what's in that meeting that's of independent value for that person? I mean, independent value is independent of buying your product. So if you're like a dog trying to get through a bone through a chain link fence, you need to recognize the gate is over there. The direct route will get you bloodied and you will accomplish nothing. You need to back up, calm down and just sell the meeting. So how do I just sell the meeting? without telling anybody what I'm actually doing here? Well, the way you sell the meeting is through two things that work together. So one is you have to recognize you're in a psychological situation. It's like a hostage negotiation. The main thing that's going on is feelings. And so Chris Voss taught me this, the author of Never Split the Difference, how to negotiate as if your life depends on it. And I asked him once, how long do we have to get somebody to trust us in a cold call? How long do we have before it's too late? Like they'll never trust us. And he said, seven seconds. He didn't say like, well, let me think about that a minute. He said, seven seconds. Thankfully, I asked him a, a follow-on question. Chris, what do we have to do in those seven seconds? He says, oh, that's easy. I said, what do you mean that's easy? He says, that's easy. All we have to do is show that other person that we see the world through their eyes. We call it tactical empathy and demonstrate to them we can solve a problem they have right now. And I said, well, wait a minute. Isn't the problem they have right now in a cold call me? And he said, yeah, what do you have people say? I said, we have them say this. Hey, I know I'm an interruption. Can I have 27 seconds to tell you why I call? And he thinks about it. He says, oh, it's perfect. I'm going, great, perfect. I seek free consulting over bourbon after dinner and I get nothing. I get perfect. I wanted a nice correction from the master. He says, no, 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 it's perfect. He says, here's the deal. When you say in that hard, flat voice, hammering the word no, I know I'm an interruption. You're saying clearly you see the world through that person's eyes because they know you're an interruption too. It's not that I'm interrupting you. It's I am an interruption. I am a bad thing. They see you as a bad thing. You need to say it before they can. Get it off the table. So that's tactical empathy. You see the world through their eyes. Then he said, you changed your voice to a playful, curious voice. Now that's a technical term in FBI hostage negotiation parlance. It's a playful voice and it, it evokes curiosity. And he said, you made your voice go up twice. Can I have 27 seconds to tell you why I called? And you used an odd number. I said, like odd, like 27 isn't 28 or 26. He says, no, 27 is a weird number. If you say 30, you're alerting them to the fact that you're up to something. But if you say 27, you're being precise and you're getting them to be curious. So change your goals as a salesperson 
and your approach from value, then trust, to trust, then curiosity, then commitment, then the action of attending a meeting, defer all value discussions until the person comes to you. When they come to you, they're in a psychological state, ready to listen to what you have of value. When you ambush them, they are not. Chris, let's talk about the next piece in that journey, right? We've done the, I know I'm an interruption. Can I get 27 seconds? They say, all right, fine, go ahead. All right, you got 27 seconds. I'm starting my watch. Right. By the way, you blew it. It's not, can I get 27 seconds? Can I have 27 seconds? Ah, okay. So I- Word for word, word for word. This thing was crafted like you would not believe. This is not an accidental pile of, this is not a word salad, okay? So yeah, now now where are we going to take them? Well, we got to take them to curiosity. And how do we get them to curiosity? We say the following, Nick, I believe we've discovered a breakthrough. So that's what we say. Why do we say that? Well, first we say the person's name to get their attention. Pay attention. Then we say, I believe to get them to really pay attention. Because when you say, I believe, and you hammer, I notice the I and I believe is exactly the same as the no, and I know I'm an interruption. The I and I know I'm an interruption is light. I know I'm an interruption. The I and I believe is, I believe. Believe is light. I is hard. And then you've got to talk about something that gets them to not push back. Well, you know the most neutral thing that can happen that's positive? Luck. You discover something. You're lucky. Everybody likes a lucky guy. So I believe we've discovered a breakthrough. Notice discovered is soft. I believe we've discovered a breakthrough. Breakthrough is hard. Why? Breakthroughs are all positive and they all engender curiosity. Then we're going to channel that curiosity into three channels, but we're going to do it with a story. Our problem with talking to humans is they can't do anything but understand stories. And there's really kind of only one story. It's called the hero's journey. And the hero's journey needs, guess what? A hero. And the hero of this story is the breakthrough. I believe we've discovered a breakthrough. The breakthrough is going to go on a journey. Well, so what does the hero do? It goes and slays a dragon and brings back the gold. So how many heads does a good dragon have? A great dragon's got three heads. Once you understood that, you were going to do okay. Head number one is economic. You have to say something that will make them curious about time, risk, or money. Making money or saving money. Number two is emotions. There's only one safe emotion that you can always go to, which is frustration. Everybody in business is frustrated because they want to do well. In fact, they're motivated, according to W. Edwards Deming, who taught us that people work for pride of workmanship. Well, they're frustrated by everything that keeps them from taking pride in their workmanship. What's that next thing? Strategy. Where are you trying to go? What's keeping you from getting there? But if I say to you, Nick, I believe we've discovered a breakthrough that completely eliminates the waste and the frustration that keeps your best sales reps from being effective on the phone or even using the phone at all. And the reason I reached out to you today is to get 15 minutes on your calendar to share this breakthrough with you. And you say, you know, not only do we not use the phone, we would never use the phone. In fact, we hate the phone. In fact, our whole business is based on people walking up to us in the street and and recognizing us and shaking our hands. And if we do anything else, we're screwed. I go, great. No meeting. Wonderful. You know, now I wouldn't, I'd make them go to the meeting anyway, because I think it's good for them, but that's just me. 
you do have to have a, a mental framework, a point of view when you go to, to say these words, and it has to be this. You have to believe in the potential value of this meeting that you have on offer for this human being that you're talking with if they never do business with you. If you think this meeting is a stepping stone to get to where you want to go, you're insincere. And human beings smell insincerity like wolves smell fear. Naturally, after you, you gave that riff, I was like, well, what do you do? And you were saying earlier, don't sell anything but the meeting. And so what do you do when people are like, all right, like you, you got to tell me what this breakthrough is before we get on a meeting. Like, what do you actually do? The death move is to say here. In fact, I can do it in the script itself. So I'll do it in the connect and sell version, but you'll be able to map it. I believe we've discovered a breakthrough dialing technology. And then I go on with the rest of it. I'm dead. Why am I dead? This person's just been ambushed. They're not ready for a category explanation. The reason they asked, you know, so tell me more. This is, I call it the Venus flytrap. It's my favorite objection. It's so bad that most reps will fall for it and think that they're doing great. So Nick says, so Chris, tell me more. And here's what I say. You know, we've discovered the hard way. And an ambush conversation like this isn't a fair setting to talk about something this important. Are you a morning person? How's your Wednesday? Now, when you finish with that, you, you've changed the context to them as a human being. You care about them. You care if they're a morning person or not. Now, they can come back and say, no, I really need to know. And you can say, you know, I found out that every time we go into that, I just end up confusing the person I'm talking to. This isn't something that we can even talk about reasonably in a few seconds. I have another call to make. How's your Wednesday? You're going to have to ask for the meeting three times. You're going to have to insist on the meeting, and you would only insist on it if you believe in it. The point is, what value are they likely to get from this meeting that has nothing to do with them buying your product later? And you better have one economic value, one emotional value, and one strategic value. Strategic means we're trying to go somewhere. So a connect and sell meeting, you come to a connect and sell meeting, I guarantee you, you're going to get this value. Do you ever go with connect and sell, even at the level of a test drive? Frankly, I don't care. That's not my business, not mine to prejudge. And if I prejudge it, I'm really saying this is for me, not you. Chris, I want to talk a little bit about one of the first things you said in this interview, and I think that's tied to the uh, prejudging piece you just mentioned. You talked about no pre-call research and no prejudging. And we've had people on here who are like, you got to do a ton of research and make sure you know that person and know their business before you call. And you've got the opposite um, stance on this. And so I'm wondering if you can talk about that a little. Yeah, it's a really good idea to be confident that they're a human being before you talk to them. So fortunately, non-human beings well, they answer the phone 21 out of 22 times, a non-human being answers called voicemail, right? I don't care if it's a recording of somebody or not, it's still non-human. So if you could use something like Connect and Sell to flush out the non-humans and just be left with the humans and then the humans who are on your list, that's pretty good. But once they're a human being, you have a pretty good shot at getting trust and then curiosity and then commitment and then action, having nothing to do with knowing anything about them other than that they're a human being and that they might be interested in your little breakthrough. So pre-call research will lead you to take a guess. Hey, Chris, 
I see that you went to Arizona State University. Go Sun Devils. Really, what you don't see is that that was an expedient after three years at the University of Arizona, far away down in Tucson, where I had a very intimate relationship with the school and I had kind of a cold relationship with Arizona State. And so you don't, you can't tell that from the data and that's simple, but you got it wrong. And your guess, let's put it this way, your chances of guessing right for a cold call are zero and your chances of getting it wrong are about 99.9%, that is emotionally. And now there's another kind of research you could do. You go, well, that's okay, let's see. Let's, let's try to figure out something else, something about the company. Let's guess at, as to what their pain is. Well, we're doing that, right? We're doing it with something emotional and something economic and something strategic. We're just keeping it at a level that has something to do with being curious, not giving somebody a lecture about how great we are. But the point is, when you think you know too much, you screw it up. It's a human being. That's all the pre-call research you need. The rest of the research is going to happen in their response to the breakthrough question, the breakthrough sentence. And it's going to be this. If their response is, tell me more, you should have the meeting. Don't tell them more right now. Just, you know, insist on the meeting. If their response is, what in the world are you talking about? Do you know what we do? Say, frankly, no, I actually don't. Tell me and let them tell you. Right? Just be honest. You don't. It's okay to call somebody without knowing what they do. That's okay. That's not like there's no religious injunction that says I have to know what you do before I call you. So, Chris, I want to go back because a lot of people talk about, quote, unquote, handling objections. And a lot of times you're saying, fine, we don't have to have the meeting. But let's say someone hits you with the one of the most common ones, which is like, hey, I'm not interested. Are, are you just going, okay hang up next one or, or are you handling them? Well, not interested in what? It's a, it's a simple question. <laughs> what are they going to say? What they're really saying is they're trying on the we're set objection in a soft way. And the we're set objection is the one that's the response to the insult. So they heard in your tone that you're taking a, a point of view that says, I have something that you need to know about and I know about it and you don't, and I'm superior to you. And they say, I'm not interested in order to kind of push you away because they want out the other door. You offered them a 27 second way out the door. Remember in 27 seconds, we're done, right? But they're trying for another exit. Oh, and by the way, the problem that the person has is they have to maintain their self image while they're saying no and getting out, out of the conversation. So this is a way to do it. I'm not interested. That wasn't really the question. I didn't ask if you were interested. I asked, you know, <laughs> Can I, can I have 15 minutes on your calendar? The reason I reached out to you today is to get 15 minutes on your calendar to share this breakthrough with you. You're not interested in this breakthrough? What is it about this breakthrough that's not interesting? Is it that you're not interested in the waste that's associated with people using the phone? Are you not interested in the frustration of somebody like one of your reps doing whatever they're doing? I think they're dialing to nowhere over and over and over. Or are you not interested in being able to use the phone at all in your business? I mean, I wouldn't ask him that, but that's what's in my head. But let him talk. Just ask him, what is it you're not interested in? Because by the way, 
as soon as the prospect lies, they lie for psychological reasons to defend themselves. That means they're defending themselves against the fact that they're about to say yes. So don't accept the lie because that's a lie. I'm not interested as truly a lie. It is that rare case. They're, they, come on, really? You're not interested? Maybe you're busy, right? But you're not interested? I got a sucky breakthrough statement. By the way, people, marketing people will construct breakthrough statements that are so sucky that legitimately you could say I'm not interested. Chris, one of the other things that you talk about is the importance of having a conversation with somebody. And I think the words you use are a high impact conversation before you ever leave them a voicemail. And what I always got taught as a new salesperson is like, you leave a voicemail every single time and you direct them to the email that you're going to send them. And you have a different perspective on this, that you need to talk with them first. Can you talk about that? Sure. There is no way to get somebody to trust you through a voicemail. It's impossible. Can't be done. They know it's a voicemail. You know, it's a voicemail. Everybody knows the recording. They're listening to a recording. Nowadays, they're listening to it while watching a little thing go along the screen. They may be reading a transcript of it that's all garbled and full of garbage. They are not going to get you to trust. The problem with leaving a voicemail is you've given up the opportunity to have your first interaction create trust. If you want to succeed in sales, you have to start with trust and move to value. And in this case, you're trying to start with value. Now, Sandler will teach you techniques to leave voicemails that are pure curiosity voicemails and will get somebody to be curious without trusting you. And they might call you, but they might have called you more 20 years ago or 10 years ago than they will now. There's not as many callbacks on those kind of voicemails. There are some. Their techniques can work on a pure curiosity basis, and you're skipping the trust step and trying to put it in later in the first conversation. But let's face it. If you had the choice of having a conversation or leaving a voicemail, which would you do? You'd have the conversation. So why are you leaving a voicemail? Well, it's a desperate alternative to not having a conversation. But as a desperate alternative, it's a little bit weird because what you're really saying is, I don't think I'm ever going to have a first conversation with you. At least not one that's not preceded with the voicemail. So why am I doing this? Because I think I'm going to fail and I guess I got to do something. It's just a fallback. I guess it's the, I guess I got to do something fallback. Same thing about emails in this particular context. What's the email? Well, I couldn't get you on the phone the one time I tried or the two. So uh, I guess I give up, right? Chris, we had a lot of awesome stuff. We talked about not doing pre-call research, getting to trust before you even get to anything else on one of those cold calls. I really enjoyed talking about tonality with you. And so we got to move to our final question here. And so the last question that we ask to every guest is, what is one belief that exists in the world of sales that honestly is a load of junk and needs to be ditched? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So I'll take one. There's a bunch of them, but here's one. The, there's a common belief that we should qualify on cold calls. This is the single most destructive thing you can do to your company's go-to-market strategy because it invalidates your list. It basically says the effort you went through to put together a targeted list is completely wasted. And now what we're going to do is take a rep's opinion for whether we should go to market with this particular customer or not. It's nutty. 
Anybody who's running sales or running a company who allows qualification on cold calls, other than did they take the meeting or not, is sacrificing their entire company strategy to the whim and the mood of a person that's being paid on commission. Don't do it. Beautiful. Chris, anything you want to plug before we jump off here? Well, our test drive is pretty fun. It's free for most companies. It's mind-blowing. It's a full day of production of talking to tons of people. As Tony Safoyan, the CEO over at SADA Systems said on his podcast when I asked him a question, didn't you guys make some money on your connect and sell test drive or some dumb question like that? And he and his VP laughed. And finally, the VP, Billy Front, said, Chris, we made tens of millions of dollars in those three hours. So given that it's free, and I was taught by somebody once that zero cost option should always be taken, it's kind of foolish not to take the test drive because it's a zero cost option. Um, the other thing is, if somebody wants to check out my podcast, the stuff that we've been talking about here, I think we fit all 67 episodes into this podcast, so don't really bother. But if you really like listening to me, just go on and on and on and on as a prelude to reading the book. Say you want this. I want to be the one person who listened to every episode of Market Dominance, guys, before the book came out. And you're that one person. Go listen to my podcast, marketdominanceguys.com. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody go check out Connect and Sell. It is a life and sales changing. Uh, I don't even know what you want to call it. It's a game changer. Stick around for a 60 second recap from Armand coming up soon. Your top four takeaways from this episode with Chris Beal include number one, you got to build trust right away in those first seven seconds of the cold call. The way Chris does it is he says, hey, I know I'm in an eruption. You got to do something to build that trust. Number two, Stop being a yogi and doing yogi language. Things that you say that might sound like, I, I realize I may be interrupting your day. Don't use over formalities. Just break the pattern and earn the trust. Number three, stop categorizing yourself as a solution or a category provider, or even worse, the leading provider of anything. Do not categorize yourself as a solution. Talk about the problem that you solve or the breakthrough that you've created. And then lastly, number four, you got to have three reasons. Three reasons, not why somebody should buy your product, but why somebody should take the meeting. What are they going to know? What are they going to get? What are they going to be smarter about at the end of that meeting? Nick. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Woodpecker. When you're sending a sales email, you generally want to avoid putting punctuation in the subject line. If you've got an exclamation point, it makes it seem like you're shouting at them. Look at this amazing offer. And a question mark just smells salesy. So avoid punctuation. Now, if you want to steal my full sales cadence from my friends at Woodpecker, there's a link in the show notes for you to go get it and try it for free. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30 MPC 90 Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect 
any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox. If I don't get a reply in two days, that means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time, every time you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. How can people help us out today? So we've gotten a couple of really nice compliments about our nice 30 minutes to president's club shirts that Armand and I have been wearing in all of our videograms. And we're starting to wonder, would people actually wear these shirts if we, I don't know, sold them Armand? So we're trying to do a little market research. If you like the shirts and you've seen them go on LinkedIn, they're on every single videogram we post. And if you would actually buy one so we don't waste our time ordering a bunch and then them sitting in my closet or something, I don't know, send us a message and give us a heads up. Check you guys next week on 30 Minutes to President's Club. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Super Cadence by Influ2, which helps cut through the noise of oversaturated prospecting channels. If you want to get your prospect's attention, you got to do stuff a robot would never do. One of my favorite plays is getting warm introductions to the accounts that I'm targeting via salespeople who work at that account. Salespeople help salespeople. Another approach could be using Super Cadence to run SDR ads to put a face to the name. Now, we worked with Influ2 to put together a special toolkit on ways to humanize your outreach, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30 MPC 90 Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes.